0: Cornelius! Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Cornelius. I am your host Cornelius. Yes, you are tuned in again to another episode of My Melodic Tones. Uh, This week on the podcast I will be talking about having a pair of tits shoved into my face, and uh, also my son's first GAA match. So, um, yeah, sit back and strap in, ladies and gentlemen, and enjoy. I am currently sitting in, as usual, the John Hume war room, and my desk is, again, a snapshot of my mind at the moment. Fucking scattered. A couple of weeks ago, I had this desk in tip-top condition, and now it is... Just bloody outrageously dishevelled, just like so many cigarette papers uh, on the table. My grinder, lighters, another grinder, a fucking ashtray full of J-butts, uh, and then I've got like some just like, the vitamins, you, they really shouldn't be on the table, they're not indicative of what this table is suggesting. Uh, my baseball cat, got, I got a, um, I got a book off a friend there recently called Save the Cat, and it's the, it's apparently it's the last book on screenwriting that you'll ever need. I didn't even know if I wanted to write uh, a screenplay. But um, yeah, he said, Get this, read this, it'll change your world. So uh, yeah, it's on the table, I haven't read a bit of it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Chris is actually, Chris listens to this podcast, Chris McShane, a uh, great comedian, and actually was on this podcast, he gave me the book. So uh, Chris, I promise I will read it, I will, I definitely will. Um, yeah, how is everybody doing? I hope everyone is doing well. I'm kind of vibing. I'm vibing. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm feeling chill. I'm feeling uh I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really groovy. <laughs> groovy, man. It is Saturday afternoon. It is 4:43 p.m. uh quarter to 3. The 17th of September. And um yeah, it's a Saturday afternoon. I've got a gig in the Coco Club tonight. I had a gig last night in a, uh, at a festival for um, circus, a circus festival uh, and street performing festival that's happening in Cork. And uh, I, I had one of the strangest gigs I've ever, ever had in my whole entire life. I'm going to talk about that gig later on in this podcast, but right now I'm still in the introductory phase. So uh, I want to know how I'm feeling I want to ask myself that question, Cornelius, how are you feeling? And I'm feeling fairly positive mentally, definitely fairly positive. Um, Physically, there's a bit of work to be done. I'm getting an MRI on my knee tomorrow. I was supposed to get it done today, but it clashed with my son's football match. So I rescheduled um, my my son's very first football match, Harvey John O'Sullivan played his very first Gaelic football match today, this morning. Um, so that had to come as a priority in my life. So I cancelled the MRI and uh, rescheduled it. I didn't cancel it. Uh-uh. So physically I'm uh, limping. I'm in pain. That knee is just getting worse by the day. <clears throat> and I, need to get, I just can't wait just to get it underneath. Get the fecking MRI done. For them to come back and say, okay, this is what's wrong. This is what you need to do. And then do that and be back on track again. But uh, ment- mentally feeling great. And I think when you're feeling great mentally, then it just supersedes it all. How are you feeling spiritually, Cornelius? How are you feeling spiritually? Thank you for asking me that question, Guardian Angel. Um, I'm feeling great spiritually, <laughs> for those of you who care. All right, uh, because I have, sta- I have reintroduced a lot of the techniques um, And I think when you're good spiritually, which is basically like, you know, I'm back journaling, I'm back doing my affirmations, I'm talking about physically writing them down now. I was always doing them uh, out loud or or mentally and stuff like that, but got into a routine and I've got back into journaling as well. And journaling is just a fucking gripping way to take control of your life. And even though my desk is quite disheveled and messy, um, I'm working like a motherfucker. And that's why it's like that. And it's not indicative of my mind, as I suggested earlier. My mind is is strong and um I'm going places, I'm going places like, you know, up to Cork, you know, into the Kentucky. I'm going places. Um but I am I am I am definitely working a lot harder, a lot smarter in the last few weeks because of the journaling and it's uh, it's helping. It's helping me guys. It's helping me. Uh, uh my energy levels uh, in general are good but I wonder what my energy levels would be like if I wasn't smoking a ton of weed. Because I'm smoking a lot of weed at the moment now. And for me, and I know everyone has different things with weed, some people think weed just sends, peop- sends you to sleep or you get all dopey. It does the opposite to me. It focuses me, it keeps me calm, um, I get clarity, uh, I get inspiration, I get desire to work, I get desire to do things. And um, I wonder, without it, how many Things I would get done, or how much I would get done. <coughs> because for, for me, weed in particular, its biggest benefit for me is patience. It gives mm-hmm. me patience, and I do not have, or I would never have had, patience. My mother used to have a saying in her house growing up patience is a virtue, have it if you can. Seldom in a woman. Never in a man, (laughs) and um, I think she could be right. But there is a caveat. There's always a little little cheat code, and the cheat code for me is weed. But um, there's a lot of things happening, as I said, Um, and I'm and one of the most exciting things that's happening is a a new podcast that I'm uh, that I'm launching with two other comedians in Cork in a couple of weeks called Three by the Lee. And it is super fucking fun. Oh my God almighty. If you like this podcast, I'm pretty sure you will love Three by the Lee because uh, I I get to work with two of the most incredibly talented comedians working on the planet Earth. I don't know if you guys know the planet Earth, but uh, Sinead Quinlan, and Chris Kent are the other two comedians, and we are three, one, two, three, and we're by the Lee, which is the River Lee in Cork, and that's the name of our podcast, Three by the Lee. What do we talk about? Do you know what? You'll just have to tune in, but it's a lot of, um, a lot of storytelling, a lot of uh, piss-taking. We, we also have a little, um, we, we write and produce our own ads, and we have a little mini uh, soap opera going called Mallow. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, a, and it's so much fun, so much fun, so I'm looking forward to that being launched, that's one of the projects that I'm working on, um, my mother-in-law is up with us at the moment, and, um, she hasn't stopped eating, she is eating me out of house and home, I bought a fucking sliced pan, I bought, I, I didn't buy a sliced pan, I bought a, a loaf of, uh, of brown, heav- heavily dense seeded bread for myself, um, uh, recently, right, the day that she came, I picked it up from the shop and I got one fucking cut out of it, she's let the whole fucking thing um, she's eating me out of the house at home, she's getting to the fridge before me, I'm an eater, okay but this woman could eat me under the fucking table um, but I have nothing but love for her, I will say that uh, the Queen's funeral is going on still, if any of you are watching or interested in the Queen's funeral, that's still going on um, like what the fuck, like, you know, all this morning is, it's just ridiculous, like, and now does, and, and we're televising it, Irish, Irish people are televising it and watching it, like, I mean, if President Higgins died, would they, would they watch that, you know, I suppose he's not the equivalent either, like, but at the same time, you know, why are we watching a bloody, oh, anyway, Oh, it's just so annoying. So annoying. I'm going to move on to trending topics with Cornelius Pedrick O'Sullivan. I literally, before I started this podcast, I went onto my phone really quickly. I had a look at the top, the middle, and the bottom of what was trending. And at the top, Waterford were trending. Waterford are trending. Waterford is trending, Cornelius. Waterford. Waterford is a city in the south of Ireland, known for... What's Waterford famous for? It's famous for Waterford crystal, which is an efe- uh, an expensive crystal. Uh, I don't know if any of you have Waterford crystal. If you have, please let me know. Um, I'd love to see a picture of you and whatever Waterford crystal you have. Uh, also, if you don't have Waterford crystal, if you can get a bla they're also famous for the blah, which is um, a type of bread that is made... And is specific uh, to Waterford. I think they actually trademarked it. Blah. that's that's the that's what Blah, how you do now, blah, Waterford. I've got some I've got a nant that lives and cousins that live in Waterford. Spend some time there. I actually think it's um it's rough as guts. That's what I think. I think it's rough as guts. Uh, Dan the man Shanahan, he was a famous hurler from Waterford, he retired during the week. I don't know why it's trending. It's uh it's it I don't know, you know. Um the next Next trending topics with Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan. Number two is Dublin half marathon. That's trending at the moment. So presumably, people who have been training for half a marathon are running that race this weekend. I say to you guys, why did you why why aren't you doing the full marathon? Like, do you know what I mean? How'd you get on? yeah? How are you getting on? Great, boy. What are you doing for the weekend? I'm doing a half marathon. All oh, right. Like, there's no respect for a person who does a half marathon, like, you know? I, I mean, I've never done a marathon, but you may as well not do something if you're going to half do it. That's what I was told growing up. If you're going to half... Do, don't do something unless you do it all. Half doing something is a pile of shit. I did a half marathon, or I did a mini triathlon. Do the fucking thing and then be proud of that, but don't be fucking coming along to me going, I did, I did a version of this, do you know? Oh, you did a version of something that's really impressive, is it? Oh, good, good on you. Fair play to you. Um... Uh, Marathon, do you know the story of the Marathon? Marathon story is is kind of fucking cool. Um, Well, it's more of a legend, really. Um, Philippides, do you ever hear of Philippides? Uh, He was a Greek warrior, first of all, right? And the legend states that he was taking part in the Battle of Marathon. Right, which was a big, massive battle between the Greeks and the Persians. And it took place sometime before Christ. I'm going to say 500 years before Christ. But anyway, the battle was going on, right? And the Greeks were getting that, the better of the Persians, right? And he's fighting in this battle. And the next thing, he spies, because he's fighting up high, he spies a Persian vessel changing course and heading towards Athens. Now they're hammering the shit out of the Persians, okay, but he sees one of these vessels heading towards um, yeah, heading towards uh, Athens, and he he knows that if that ship gets there, they'll claim a false victory and claiming that then give the gave them authority over Greek land. Um, so he ran to Athens, right. Uh, just took off and fucking ran to Athens, uh, got rid of his weapons, which was an extremely dangerous thing to do, right, he even fucking got rid of his, took off all his clothes, basically just ran naked as fast as he could, right, Uh, to Athens, which presumably is the length of distance that um, the the current marathon is, I don't know, maybe I should Google that, I might might Google that there now in a second, but uh, he he ran anyway, and um, didn't stop fucking uh, got to the assembly burst through the door and in greek said like whatever and like which the literal translation is we have won and then collapsed and died <laughs> on the floor so that is that's the history of the marathon like you know so if you're doing a half a marathon like, you're really fucking not honoring Filipinas at all. You're kind of going, come here, boy, I'll do half of it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, so please stop doing half marathons and do the full marathon. And this is coming from a guy who's never even ran a marathon, so, or a half marathon. Do you know what? I think I might do a quarter marathon. Mm. Mm. Sure. Like, I mean, from that logic, like, (laughs) if you just, uh, yeah, I did a, I'm going to do a 126th marathon. So, uh, that's just like fucking a mile, is it? <laughs> a w- a 1.01 of a... Yeah, if, if you just write... Yeah, I'm doing, a, uh, I'm doing a marathon this weekend. Oh, really? Fair play to you. Where's that on? Um, yeah, just going to fucking do it here at home. Just going to run around the house uh, 45 times. It's about a mile. Yeah. It's what Filipinas would have wanted, you know? Um, hashtag Keanehan. The Keanehans are under pressure by, do you know, the old drug the, the drug lords, they're gone into hiding, another fella was caught during the week, some fella apparently he was laundering 350,000 euros a day, laundering 350,000 euros a day, fuck me pink like, there must be fierce money in the old drugs all the same like, do you know what I mean, There must be 350,000, there's not soccer players making that kind of money, like. Do you know what I mean? Salah's making about uh, 400,000 a week. The Keenahens are making that on a bloody, by Tuesday. (sighs) Anyway, I was doing a gig last night, guys, in the circus factory in Cork. It's down in the marina, okay? And I got booked to do this gig uh, about four or five months ago. There's a festival on in Cork. Uh, It's a two-week festival, so if you are from Cork, you'll be able to go again next week. (coughs) And it's celebrating circus, and it it celebrates all that goes with circus. I think when you think of circus, um, you think of clowns, and you think of, like, you know, a ringmaster and animals and all that kind of racket. But there is a community in Cork, a massive circus community in Cork and you're talking about you know magicians and fire eaters and risk takers and dancers and acrobats and jugglers and exhibitionists and knife throwers and tightrope walkers I mean everything and anything that you can think of and I'm probably omitting things there all right right but i know cormac mohali from lords of strut for years and he is behind this and he got on to me and he said man we're having um we're having a uh, an opening gala not an opening gala an opening event down in the circus factory in the main ring and i want to mix it up and i want to have a comedian do the hosting will you please host the show and i was like i will no problem And I never thought about it again until I got there last night. And it was incredible. It basically was like a stand-up comedy gig, except replaced the comedians with all of what I've just uh, said there, like dancers and acrobats and exhibitionists and jugglers and risk-takers and fucking you name it, and everything, and and there was one guy, he was just blowing blowing balloons up, and then he'd blow up a balloon, and he went into the balloon himself, and then created a drama within the inside of the balloon, that had everybody enraptured, there was a storyteller from Kinsale, for seven minutes, he, in seven minutes, he had silence, laughter, and tears, all in seven minutes, oh, it was just, it was just incredible, like, it really was, um, and I, I remember I got there, and I met Cormac, and, um, they were all just so chilled out, and like before comedy gigs, comedians, it can be tense, can be tense. These guys were smoking joints, and fucking drinking wine, and... Mm. No, it was a festival, I suppose. You know, maybe this isn't the everyday kind of carry-on, but like it was, it was cool. The, the, the stage was a circus ring, and yeah, the audience were encirculated around me, and yeah, well the audience, wow, the fucking audience... The audience were like none other that I've ever experienced. They were eclectic is the word that I will use. They were left of left. They were quirky. Quirky, interesting, diverse. In tune humans, in tune. And um, everybody in there was, was drinking and smoking. And um, I just couldn't drink because I was driving, you know. Um, but I had a little toot. I had a little toot, and I had so much fun. Oh my God, the fun that was had was incredible. Like I mean, there was a raffle at half. So the first half was just amazing. It was like there was a tightrope walker. There was like a, a light show. Um, there was a. Oh, there was um there was a girl that went up on a kind of a, a big circle, and she was doing, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like pole dancing with inside in a circle with a light show, and then acrobatics. It was, it was just, it was incredible, it was just so mesmerizing. But there was a raffle at halftime, <laughs> and they asked me would I do the raffle, and I said I would, and the prizes were just, oh, the prizes were brilliant, right? So the, 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 the best, the most expensive prize was two tickets to the gala dinner, right? So I got rid of that, easy enough. <coughs> Sorry for my coughing, guys. The next prize was a little statue inside in a box of Mary, Joseph and the baby Jesus. Jesus was about two two years old. Joseph is standing in behind Mary. He's kind of got this kind of puzzled look on his face. Mary is like trying to hold it all together. Um, it's about maybe about four inches tall. Uh, and that was a prize. That was one of the prizes. The next prize was then was just a little statue of Mary herself. A little bit bigger this time and uh she's wearing kind of a formal A formal, recognisable blue and white gown, and yeah, this was going down, the audience were loving the prizes, like I was taking these prizes out, I was like, I can't believe these are the prizes. (laughs) The next prize, right, was a bottle of holy water, but they had replaced the holy water with, and I am not joking you, with puccine. Puccine was put in instead of the holy water, and I had to verify this myself, and then I had to get two other people to independently verify it, very popular prize, Um, yeah, uh, it was just, it was just fucking, it was just incredible. Uh, and I'll tell you a funny story, right? Um, oh f- first of all, actually, before I tell you that story, the whole, while people were coming in, Stevie G is playing like the best house music, the best dance music. There's a vibe in here. It's like a circus tent, but it's in the marina. It's inside in an industrial unit in the in the marina out in Cork. But they transformed it, and it's amazing. It was amazing. But anyway, Stevie G's playing cool music, I'm inside in the green room anyway, at half time, and I'm rolling a joint, okay, I'm rolling up a, jo- a joint inside there, and uh, my friend um, Noelle is, uh, is is talking to me, right, now I haven't seen Noelle in about five or six years, and uh, she's what you'd call, and she's like a, a certified clown, she's a proper, like, uh, trained clown, and... Uh, like her she, and she did stand up years and years ago, and she would be fucking amazing if she had kept it up. I have no doubt she would have been a, she'd be a star by now, but her heart was in uh, circus theater, right <coughs> and it's a and he thinks comedy is a hard life. fucking try and be a circus person like my Christ. What a hardship, you know so anyway, she got engaged to um, Cormac who's uh, running this place right and I'm inside in the green room I'm rolling my joint I'm chatting away to Noelle about her engagement how did it happen anyway right and the next thing I look up and she's completely topless and about four centimeters away from my eyes are her breasts and um, like I can't but not see them (laughs) like I look up and they're there in front of my face so i'm i'm and I kind of pause for about two or three seconds frozen in kind of shock and fear as these two bouncing breasts are like like going boing 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 right in front of my fucking eyes and then i quickly snap out of that and i look up at noel and i go noel i'm really sorry there I, I i i didn't mean to see your tits <laughs> <laughs> and she just starts laughing, and she's like, sure, that, that's, that's me, sure." Jesus Christ, you know, I'm a bit of an exhibitionist, that's part of the act, and that's my body, and, you know, fuck it, it doesn't matter, we're on, y'all, just fucking flesh and, and, and bone, and, and I'm, of course, completely agreeing with her, but still mortified that um, I just saw her tits, and um, uh, that's grand anyway, right, um, She continues anyway to undress and I continue to look really intently at my joint. Now I'm really just focusing on making sure this is a very tightly rolled rolled J. And I continue my conversation but do everything but look in that woman's direction. So... The show continues. I go back on, and to the fi- and after the, the green room, go back on, bring on a couple of more acts. There was a guy who walked on broken glass and then lay on broken glass and then got someone from the audience to come out and as he lay on the broken glass, he got a woman in high-heeled stilettos to stand on his back and head as he lay on said glass. I kid you not. Then he got up off the glass and... Sh- Needless to say, he was fucking pumping, bleeding, and everyone was like, oh, giving a massive round of applause, and I was like, I think we need to get this guy some medical care, but as it turns out, that's a part of the act, um, so then, the final act comes on, and it's Noel, right, and... Um, I've like I'm I'm still like visualizing her breasts being two centimetres or three centimetres away from my face earlier on still kind of in the trauma from that. And she runs out onto the stage and she's so funny, guys. Oh my god, she's so fucking funny. Uh, and she builds up this whole scenario and gets all the audience involved in her act. And then she brings out a s- and then the finale of it is she brings out a, s- a small children's paddling pool and she has a bucket and inside in the bucket there's i don't know how to describe it now but it's like milk and flour and chocolate powder and eggs all whisked right and she takes off her clothes exposes her body to the whole audience might be 120 people here i immediately feel Huge relief because I had just seen uh, these breasts, you know, five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. Well, actually, more because it was the second half of the last half. It was maybe a half an hour ago. I had seen these breasts and I had felt guilty for seeing them. But now there was another 220 eyes appearing upon these breasts. So I alone wasn't the only person to have seen these breasts, and I felt such relief as she poured the contents of the bucket over her in, and then proceeded to open a bag of feathers and fucked the feathers up into the air, and they all landed down, while there was a light show, and fucking the most incredible music, it was the most amazing finale, to the weirdest night, that I have ever, ever, ever had to host, and if I had to host that night again this evening, I would love to do it, I would do it with glee, because they were free spirited, happy, creative people, and, um, yeah, it's a joy to do stuff like that, and I'm very lucky, to get asked, to do, Whole shows like this to put me into worlds where you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be in that world in a million years normally, so um yeah it was fantastic and I smoked a, a joint then with Cormac and afterwards and I was chatting to Noel then again uh, after the after the gig and all the performers were coming around and they were only settling in for what seemed like was going to be a heavy night of all sorts and oh I um. I'm a 45 year old dad, married, with two kids. Those days are, those days are behind me. And even though there was a part of me kind of going, mm, "I would have loved to just get fucked up with these guys tonight," there was another part of me saying, "You have to be up early in the morning." Harvey's playing a football match. His first football match for Killavullen. Mm. And that's what I did. And that's an, and that's it. And I got up this morning, and um, we had Harvey's first football match, the Meister General. And um, he was playing for Killevullen. And I had put my... I had supposed to have an MRI this morning. I reschedule it for tomorrow. Um, because I'm a GAA dad. And I, I'm so proud uh, that Harvey's even togging out and, and playing. Um, I Do I hold out much hope for him? I don't know. You know, like, Harvey's autistic. Um, he finds it hard to concentrate and regulate his emotions. And the first game today... I'll go through the game in a minute. But like, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm not sure if anyone listens to this podcast, if they know a podcast. Anyone listen to this podcast? (laughs) What about this podcast? If they know anything about autism and and sports. But I don't think they go hand in hand. But we're bringing Harvey. He loves hanging out with his friends. And as long as he's happy, that's what we're going to do. But there were some serious proud parents at this gig now you know and it was interesting to watch we were playing a local team here there was fucking massive amount of p- parents at the pitch you know grandparents and aunts and uncles and you could see dads giving words of wisdom to their kids and trainers trying to organize you know organize them you're a the forward you're a back you're a goalkeeper and it all going over the children's heads and uh but it's all part of the the dance it's all part of the ritual you know um so and I'm not without to be honest I'm also in that proud parent category there's still a part of me that goes, maybe he'll be the first autistic child to win a senior football and hurling all-star simultaneous to All Ireland senior hurling uh, football and football medals yeah for Cork maybe this is this is the, this is the guy but then then I saw him play and um yeah I don't think that's going to happen They put him in midfield, right, for the first game, and I was like, hmm, great, he's gone in midfield. Like, I know that he's not going to be able to touch the ball in midfield. I play with him a lot, Um, but there's still a part of me going, look at that, my son's playing midfield. First game by, they've men midfield. No, it was seven aside. Like, I mean, they were just basically saying spread out. But, like, they still said, you hang around the middle. They were the words that came from the coach's wise mouth, you know. Uh, So he was in there. And in the first game, we absolutely hammered the opponents. I'm not going to give away the the opponent's uh, team because, you know, some people from that particular parish might listen to this podcast, okay. But in that game... I think we scored about 15 or 16 goals, all right? And uh, I had been asked to keep the time. So I was part of the game. I was the timekeeper. Yeah, thank you very much. Harvey had three touches in the whole game. And one of those touches was intentional. So one touch in the whole game. So he was kind of annoyed that um, the game was passing by and that he wasn't able to get into it. And he was kind of sulking. And then, uh, so in the second half, we... um, we had the, the ingenious idea of putting him in goals. I approached the uh, trainer said, is it okay if Harvey goes in goals? He said, no problem. And uh, I think he just respected me as a timekeeper, to be honest. You know, I'm a bit of a timekeeper. So in he went anyway, in goals for the second half, guys. And um, yeah, two touches, two saves. One that was actually, I think, intentional as well. So, um, and we won again. So that's two victories and uh i think if i had to give a man of the match i think if i had to pick a man of the match um and i wouldn't like to um i wouldn't like to do it because my own son is playing and i think it's i think it's only fair to be you know non what is that word when you're nepotistic (laughs) nepotism uh, non-nepotistic? No, definitely not. That's not the word. Um, well, not favourite. I'm not going to favourite to anyone here. Like, I mean, there was one lad who got 10 goals, you know, and he was playing in the in the backs. 10 goals, right? And he's definitely in the conversation. But after a long deliberation, I have decided that I'm going to give the man of the match to the very first under-six Kilavullen. uh under six football team I'm going to give uh, man of the match and this is a tough one guys Harvey John O'Sullivan gets the match gets the match ball uh, gets the man of the match award and the player of the match as well and um, yeah just deal with it okay that's this week's podcast guys Uh, a little insight into the world of late night tits into the face and early morning five year old Gaelic football matches I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did talking about it. Have a great week. Enjoy yourselves. Stay in by the wall. Like, subscribe, follow, blah, 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 blah. Oh, if you want to get on the Patreon, get on the Patreon as well. Link is in the bio. Love you all. Bye. Bye. yay.